Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Woman's Cave. I get to do this because Jay doesn't really have the best voice at this moment. I know. Like my fall allergies was just like, hey, we're here. Although you took your allergy medicine. But she shouldn't be surprised because, I mean, we drove up to a Valley Forge and then walked through it with no Benadryl. So, I mean... (laughs) You know, when you I come back, oh no. So you know, like, you have a mask on, you're like, do I really need to take this? Because I feel like it's filtering it. No, no, not true. Not true at all. Just wanted to say, no. Yeah. So anyway, I was like, why was she surprised? But it gave me the opportunity to race and take this. Oh, by the way, I'm well known. Oh my word, I, I remember. I mean, high five social yes. distance style for you. And oh. I'm Jade. Yes, and we're part of the Endi Thought Ladies, and we never say that. Jay, do we want to take over before I start rambling about, like, cool stuff that's weird and Sure, absolutely. Okay, sure. Oh, academic. Let's never be that. All right. um, So we wrote literary life guides with pop poetry. Um, Yeah, and they just, like, uh, my set just fell apart today. So, yeah, and I thought, here's the top four, and I thought the voice was bad with other life lessons, and I thought being grown up was easy, and I thought I did my journey alone. All of those are available on Amazon, and two of them are available on Audible. And then, If Only I Were Me, which is available only on Barnes and Noble. And this week, we have the Women's Cave Business Guide of Poetry. That's not what it's called at That is all. not. It's, it's a much cooler name. Much cooler name. But I thought I'd let you know that it's a, a poetic business guide. Have you? But you've never heard of that before. So you should well, I know, it. right? Because your ladies, they never disappoint unless you meet us in... In person. And then <laughs> you're like, wow, you're so much shorter than I thought you were. Or as um, everyone says when they recognize Jade, they're like, Jade, it's so wonderful to see you. And then they go, Winona? Where's Winona? You look different in person. The <laughs> next person that says time. that, you're going to have to explain it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're not here by ourselves. No, no. Wait, you got to find everything your ladies are doing on www.andwethought.com. Now, we're not here by ourselves. We have our co-host, Tanya. Hello, this is Tanya, Tanya Todd. I should probably mention that, huh? Mm-hmm. Like we haven't just been sitting here and having a conversation all afternoon, right? Yeah. <laughs> just like that. Uh, you know, really, you threw me off because I was thinking about when I first met you guys, and I totally recognized Wilnona first, I but know. I did say that Jade is shorter than I expected. <laughs> I'm really guilty of that. <laughs> shorter than you expected, much Okay. You're just shorter than most people, but okay. My name is Todd. I'm an author and actress, but we're not here about me. We're here about our wonderful guest. Wait, why are you still? And I love lives? it. And I love it. And she because I'm part of the team now. Right? You did it with such a, like an eyebrow raise. If y'all are listening to this on the podcast, you have to see Tanya's wonderful eyebrows. Wonderful guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? You have your mute on, Ron. How's that for a start? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hi, I'm Ron Charles, and I write about books for the Washington Post here in D.C., and I'm just delighted to meet you all. Well, we're delighted to have you here. I mean, I was looking at your bookshelf being like, man, I, I need to up my reading game. Like, I need to read some serious <laughs> I doubt, stuff. I doubt that. I bet you guys are big readers. I am a huge reader. I just don't read, like, a whole bunch of nonfiction. 
Oh, I don't read that much nonfiction. It's mostly fiction here. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, okay, now we're going to have to have lots of questions. But before we got started, you said that you had a, a lot of books. I just wanted to let you know what you can do with those books quickly. Yeah. What Jade did with her books was she turned, she made them into furniture. So now she has... <laughs> Yes, I did. And then it comes out, and she has a little armchair inside, and then it has a back. So that's where her old books. But also, but also more importantly than that, I uh, donated them to charity, which is very important to do. Exactly. So we should probably get started with actual questions and pretend like we're professionals. After let's pretend. Tanya, (laughs) you have a question. (laughs) (laughs) I like how we have our most serious guest, and it's our silliest episode. Like what is happening right now? Okay, so I mean, let's start with the basics. How did you get started? I was an English teacher uh, for years, and uh, I loved it, but I got really, really tired of grading papers. I thought I was going to die if I had to grade any more papers. And uh, now you grade books. (laughs) Yeah, it's easier, believe me. Uh, Grading papers is life or death. Uh, A student's mother said, "Well, why don't you review books?" I'd never thought of that. I didn't have any idea how that worked how the business worked so I went to a bookstore and I was in St. Louis at the time and I just went to that like new in fiction shelf that they have in the bookstore and picked off a book and it was about an English teacher so that's why I picked it up and I read it and wrote up a review and mailed it off to a newspaper in Boston and they bought it and they asked for more and I've been doing it now almost 25 years. Do you remember the book? It was Richard Russo's Straight Man a comedy about a English teacher going crazy. So how, how did you get to where you are now? I mean, I mean that's, a, that's a big leap. It took a long time, but uh, I freelanced for a while. And then my editor at the paper in Boston called the Christian Science Monitor uh, said he was leaving. And so I didn't need any more reviews because they were going in a different direction. I'm like, oh, okay. But then I wrote to the paper and said, would you consider me as the new editor of books for the paper? And uh, after negotiations and going out there and interviewing, they said yes. And so we all moved to Boston and uh, my wife went back to school and she became an English teacher. And then I worked at the paper there for, I don't know, about seven or eight years. And uh, then started looking around for another job and wrote to the Washington Post and uh, they didn't answer me. (laughs) Six months later, I wrote again, same cover letter, same resume, same everything. And they said, oh, we've been looking for someone to fill a slot for several months. Uh, but we already went to Boston. We already did the interviewing there. So if you come to D- if you come down to New York, we can squeeze you in at the last minute. So I went and they hired me. So we all moved down to DC. And now my wife's been teaching here for 15 years, teaches high school. And I've been uh, reviewing here. Wow. So well, I'm sure everyone wants to know how, how are the books chosen that are put in front of you? And then how do you then decide which books you want to critique? It's, uh, it used to be much harder because I used to be in charge of the uh, book section at the Washington Post. Uh, so it was my job to <clears throat> look at the whole section. That's a huge job because the books just pour in. We get about 150 books a day. It's just overwhelming. Wow, that is a lot of books. <laughs> it's, it's completely overwhelming. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's someone's whole job to take that mail, open it, sort it, make sense of it, you know, do the billing and everything. It's a huge job. Uh, so she would give us she would kind of pare it down every day and we would have maybe 40 books to look at. But even that, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, you're not reading right. the books. Obviously, you're not reading the books. You're just kind of, it's all triage. It was all chaos. And so we would try and make sure we covered a variety of subjects because we've got this huge international audience now on the web. So it had to be nonfiction fiction, of course. It had to be heavy on politics and history because that's where the Washington Post readers, we think, are. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had to attend to all different kinds of fiction, you know, like the literary fiction, of course, that's the, main, that's the main thing. But then also I wanted to make sure that we did the romance, that we did science fiction, that we did poetry, that we did other things. We do thrillers, we do mysteries, we try and meet lots of different people wherever they are because you know, everybody's reading the post now. But about two years ago, I begged to stop editing for the first time in 20 years. And now I just write full time for the post. I don't have to edit. I don't have to be in charge of anybody. I don't have to be in charge of the book section. And so I literally just pick what I want to review each week and it's glorious. So how do you go about deciding that? Where, where do you look? Uh, since I'm writing the paper's lead review in fiction in the style section each Wednesday, I start with the big books, you know, so the books we expect to be huge, uh, the books that, uh, that are going to be buzzy, the books that we think are going to be big stories around, those get first priority. But, you know, every month, every month, I try and find debut books. I try and, you know, find somebody that might be good that, I, that I've never heard of before. So it's a real mix of big names and new names, uh, trying to make sure I'm being diverse in both subject, writer, genre, you know, it's, uh, I'm gonna, if I'm going to do, say, 50 or 60 books a year, I want to have a pretty good range of literary, not, of literary fiction over that year. So you mean you're looking for us? I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really joking he's about look, it. No, no, no. No, he's not looking for pop poets. No, no, no. no, no. no. Go ahead. Jade, but, ask the real question. <laughs> the real question is, do you feel an obligation or, like, pressure to be more diverse as things change, as people want to have a more diverse background reading and not background but reading. No, no more diverse <laughs> background of the author. Yes, that's yeah. what yep, that's what I meant. Thank you. Definitely. You know, definitely. Definitely. It's evolved over the last I mean over my career. Uh <clears throat> this group called Vida, do you know them? V I D A. It's a literary group that uh, tracks how many women are being reviewed and assigned reviews and that sort of thing in the industry. And of course it's you know, the score is pretty low. Usually it's a lot of white guys like me both reviewing and being assigned and having their books reviewed. And so they started up, I don't even know, but about eight years ago, they began to publish their data on who was reviewing what. And it was pretty embarrassing. I mean, some places oh, were wow. all, well, like 80, 90% guys. So it was a gender thing at first. So we made a huge commitment to try and bring that down at the Washington Post to try and reach parity. Uh, and we didn't make any progress uh, until we started counting until we started to keep actual data, because what, what I found was our good intentions were, were just not enough. You know, we had this sense we were doing well, and then at the end of the year, we were doing pretty much the way we always did. Uh, and so I began to keep track. And then I really did reach parity. And now I probably review more women than men. Uh, there are a lot of very, very talented female fiction writers in this country, so it's not too surprising. And lately, as Black Lives Matter and other movements have, tried, have made us more, made me more aware of the need for diversity, I have been very self-conscious about attending to writers of color. Uh, I, don't, I don't assign reviews anymore, so I'm not assigning out to reviewers. But the books that I review myself, I try to make sure that that's uh, you know, in the mix of things I want to look for. Thank you for your transparency on that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I learned a bunch and I didn't even, I'm like, I, I thought. Yeah. So I have like terms now that I'm going to Google. Yeah. I'm sure I understood that answer. Thank you. <laughs> One of the reasons you have like someone like you on, you're like, oh, this is how this happens. Now I'm going to Google it. Absolutely. And as we say so all the time understand. on this show, we, we have people interview, we interview people so we can learn also. 
And I think you just fortunately hang in there with us. I feel like, no, that's no. a great note. I need to know. <laughs> those, are, those are very good questions. And it isn't hard. It really isn't hard because I don't know if, I mean, I, I was, there are just an immense number of talented people writing who are writers of color. So it's not like, you know, each month you're scratching your head trying to find somebody of color to review. Uh, they're all over the place. So my question is, how do you balance, like, the seriousness of being a book, like, the stereotypical seriousness of being a book reviewer yep. with the videos that you see? Right, yeah. <laughs> that was one of my questions. Is, how did that start? That <laughs> like, how, how do you go from being Mr. Serious to, let's do videos? <laughs> I know, it's, it's really schizophrenic, isn't it? Uh, <clears throat> it started more than 10 years ago now. We just had our 10th year anniversary a few months ago. <laughs> Uh, it started because we were all losing our jobs. Uh, newspapers were closing everywhere. And in the panic, the newspapers always, the, the book reviewers always go first because we don't bring in any ads and nobody reads us. So we were being laid off all across the country. And now, you know, you know where we are now. There are hardly any newspaper book reviewers left. But at the time, it was a panic. And so we began to feel a lot of pressure to do really silly things to attract younger readers. I thought, futile things, frankly, because younger readers are not going to read serious book reviews, the, kind of the kinds that we do in general, in the kinds of numbers they were talking about. So I began to think in a very satirical way about other freaky, funny, stupid things they would make us do to attract more readers. And I thought, well, what about a 60 second video book review? Because everyone knows that young people don't have a, you know, they love video and they don't have any span of attention and all these other cliches about young people. And so I just mashed that all together into this satirical video trying to make fun of newspapers and what they were making critics do. And so that character has evolved into this regular <clears throat> parody of this stupid, vain, egotistical, misogynistic book reviewer who is like a collection of all the anxieties of classic book critics. <laughs> that, <laughs> well played. It was, it was well played. I was just like, well played, sir. So, well played. I'd like to go back when you were saying young people don't read book reviews. I just want to say I, now I feel really odd because well, I got published at 10. Poetry got published at 10. And ever since then, I have been reading the Washington Post book reviews. Bless you. The book sections. Like, and but no, I did not read them because like, you know, it was for fun. I read them because I was like, so a, a book that gets reviewed by the Washington Post has this. Write oh, that on my list. Very good for you. This. Yes. So I need to learn how to write these sections and Very put them good. in a story to make it work so I can get reviewed by the Washington Post. Wow. So this right now is a dream come true because I'm never going to get reviewed by the Washington because Post. <laughs> not true. I don't know why you, why would you say that? No, wait, wait, we, we know this. We looked at the review, right? We looked at the chart that she has been compiling over <clears throat> many years. And no, that was not like me playing Michael. That was literally, I'm not kidding. I mean, got that. I got that. <laughs> Subtle as you are. I got that. <laughs> so how many years? And then we looked at our pop poetry books and we go, oh, woo, never gonna happen. <laughs> woo, the complete opposite. If you could have drawn an opposite, if you were like, no, 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 make that right turn and go four miles down the road and you will arrive at the Washington Post. We took the left turn and we were like, oh, 23 wait. miles down that road. We're in Bermuda. Wow. Oh, shoot. Uh, we were supposed to be somewhere else. My bad. <laughs> so well, this we... is like a true. It's as close as I'm, as I'm ever gonna get. So I, I don't think, believe that. I, I don't it. believe that. You're nice. <laughs> and we have a new, you know, the woman who replaced me uh, is young and hip and, you know, this could be a 
a sea change at the Washington Post book section. So, you know, keep, keep hope alive. Besides, you're trying to get your, you know, your, your book published. You said that you're going to query people. You can now say, and I know Ron Charles, who is willing to look at my book if it gets published. <laughs> you can put that in your credit no, wait, wait. I'll have to explain it to the people right then. I was like, when I mean look, he's going to look at the front cover and go, well, that's cute. And then he No, goes, no, no. Don't explain it. Let them, let, let <laughs> them determine. No, no, it's going to be, what we're going to do is we're going to be like, we need you to like Zoom call, right? And I need to show you the front cover of my book. Thank you for looking at it. He looked at it. He didn't even <laughs> Right. I didn't say he was going to read it. I said he was going to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop talking about him because he's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mr. Charles, what is, oh, wow, I just said Mr. Charles. You, you Charles, got your, you is my wait. dad here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was professional. Wait, Let me pull that back. So what, what do you, can you say has been like the oddest book that you, when you picked it up to read, you were like, oh, this is strange, but then like kind of liked it as oh. a review. Oh, it was the second part that was hard because I have reviewed some weird books. Uh, okay, then just take the first part. We don't want to, we don't want to. Yeah, the weirdest book? Yeah. A race in Virginia, <clears throat> a political race in Virginia, I think it was two years ago, suddenly there were accusations against one of the, against the, the Republican candidate that he had written Bigfoot erotica. <laughs> I had never, I didn't even know this thing existed. And so Neither I went, did I. <laughs> I went down this horrible wormhole. It's a huge field. There's lots of this stuff. <laughs> well, I learned something today. I don't know. <laughs> And like, and now that I've learned it, I can't unlearn it, right? So, <laughs> right. Like you can't. I have no desire to investigate on this. I am going to take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. Don't search for this on your work computer. That's all I can say. Yeah. Oh. Thank you so, for investigating that for us. Yeah. So I, I investigated that and wrote about this as an election issue. And it was, I think it remains my most popular story ever in 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> Why it's popular? Because they're like, I must have misread that. Let me go into the, oh, I, I did, oh, I'm I don't sure know. That, I'm sure there are people who are pretending like, I'm just curious because of, you know, the right. source. It's, right. it's not the material. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, I did. I just read a book this week. It'll be in the paper next week. You're the, you're the first to see it. It's a ghost story. What is it? Is that backwards to you? No, no, no. 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 Uh, nice plain, cover. Plain Bad Heroines by Emily uh, Danforth. I just loved it. It's just oh. great, great fun. It's from uh, William Morrow. And it's a big, funny lesbian ghost story laid on top of a Hollywood satire. She's brilliant. Wow. And I love that he has the tabs in the book. See, that's how you know he was doing his job. Right there. <laughs> coming out. So this on a, and, the notes. <laughs> and he has notes. So, and cursive, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> So I just so want to. It looks say, like you're a purist. You always read the physical copy. Yeah, I've tried the uh, e-books, but uh, I can't take notes, and I don't have any memory left. <laughs> so I have to uh, write every reaction down when it happens, and not just reactions like full names that I can never find again, or where this took place, or how old she is, all that kind of stuff. You get to the end of the book, and you're like, oh. So I I have to jot everything down as I go. You can take notes, but it's not real intuitive. It, yeah, it took me a while to find all of that. It's like, I, you know, it's not, it's not as comfortable. No, and I've just been at it too long to change now, so. <laughs> hey, it works for you, right? Exactly, exactly. Is, is there anything that, any topic or any genre that you would like to read that you haven't found yet? 
I would like to read more science fiction and I hardly ever do. I used to read it when I was a teenager and uh, I just never have the time. I don't know anything about the field anymore. And so I'm really out of it. So there's that. So um, what type of science fiction? Like the hero science fiction or like science fiction science fiction? Yeah, like, you know, the old classic stuff that I grew up on. Yeah, but I don't even know the field anymore. So you know, I farmed it out when I, and now we have another, two more columnists, great. Uh, uh, great uh, young uh, women who do it for us now and uh, they do fantasy and science fiction and I realize I'm just totally out of the field I would have to it would take me a long time to get back in I'm sorry no it's all right something to look forward to oh, well, I, can I ask one more question oh, cool. okay yeah. okay sorry it's your show of course <laughs> narcissist here just like oh. hey um, you are the narcissist so you're not acting at all i know but i don't know why she's apologizing for it i don't know what is going on with with our like icloud why why i don't know they keep ringing in the middle of stuff but anyway (laughs) so the question i wanted to ask i really would love to know what goes into a literary review because like i go to open mic sometimes and people actually read their literary reviews and i'm like that's good so what goes into it well i don't know if this is along the same lines but one of my critique critique partners wanted me to ask, what is your process of critiquing? Yes, that's sure. what I said. Do you go through multiple drafts? Do you yeah. go for a first gut reaction? He's like, can you let me answer now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a great, that's the central question of my life. Uh, I spend the first 60 pages trying to figure out, trying to orient myself in the book. Like, what's this book trying to do? What kind of a book is it? Uh, and once I get that in my mind, then I, I decide on a few things to look for and keep track of as I read through the book. So I, I take notes along several different themes, I guess, or several different issues. Uh, and I pretty much try to write the review as I'm reading. I mean, not like writing it out, but writing it in the back of the book by observing certain things and following them. So what I want to do at the end, I know, is present this book to people that would enjoy this book. So it's not like I'm not reading the book thinking, do I like this book or don't I like this book? That, that's irrelevant to me and to my readers, certainly. Uh, but how can I present this book in a way that people who would like to find this book would enjoy? So I wanna be able to understand it in a way to judge it on the basis of how well did this author do what she set out to do? Not how well did she do what I wish she would have done or it's not the kind of book I like or that, those kind of things are irrelevant to me. So each book, whether it's literary fiction or a Western uh, or a fantasy or, or a political thriller, they're judged on those expectations of that genre. So I never say in my reviews, like, well, you know, if you like romance, maybe you'll like this. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> it just seems really uh, snobby and irrelevant. Uh, so that's, uh, so the process is, uh, is that, reading it, taking a lot of notes, and then uh, sitting down and spending about half my day trying to write the first three paragraphs, because everything depends on trying to get them into the review because people are busy. They got a lot of important things to do besides read my reviews and a lot better things in the paper to read. So you've only got a few seconds to grab people and make them think this is something I want to keep reading. So I spend about four hours on the first three paragraphs trying to make them moving or smart or funny or something that grabs people and draws them into the piece. And then the rest of the day is spent writing the rest of the review, moving between summarizing the plot, the first half of the plot at least, giving them a sense of the arc of the plot, where it goes, but not taking them there because nobody wants to know what happens at the end of a novel. Uh, and uh, mixing in my appraisal of you know how enjoyable, how interesting, how moving, how intelligent, how enlightening the book was. 
It takes what? about 12 hours to write a review of a thousand words. Wow. So what you say you, it seems like you act as the interpreter of a book. I had not thought of that, but yes, I like that because it, it suggests a certain amount of transparency in my own work. I want to like, I want the book to shine through what I write. So people have a sense of what the book is like. Yeah, it seems like that to me. Well, you know, because my interpreter brain kind of. So when will we be reading a full novel from you? Yeah, a few years ago, I tried that because I wanted to get a sense of what people were going through. And uh, I discovered, uh, not surprisingly, that it was really, really hard. It is very hard. <laughs> I, I couldn't get characters to do anything. They were constantly just sort of settling. Uh, there was no plot. There was no way to get them to move. Uh, and so I, I gave up. And, you know, if you get 150 books a day and you look at that pile every day, I don't think to myself, what the world needs is one more mediocre novel by me. <laughs> uh, but you could write a whole book on how you couldn't write a book. <laughs> yeah, the world does not need that. Uh, only writers would read it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. what? But it would be fun literary fiction. We would enjoy it. And there are a lot of writers, so you, you're <laughs> in your niche market. <laughs> so I have, I've given up that, uh, that goal for now. Also, I have to, having written a thousand words a week for 25 years or so, I have a lot of trouble writing longer things. I just, I, I don't know how to structure things that are long. I get, things get really thin after about a thousand words. And the idea of writing 80,000 words just, it just baffles me. You could have you considered now. writing flash or short stories? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you could just literally write like short stories of a thousand the words and then put them in a book. <laughs> My thoughts. There you go. I, I'm going in the other direction now. I've got this weekly newsletter we started two years ago and it's made up of uh, three and four hundred word items. So I, I'm actually getting shorter rather than longer. Some microfiction. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so where can we find the newsletter? Yeah, I was going to say, we can like segue. So high five on that segue. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a link in all my reviews. It says uh, subscribe to the Book World newsletter. Uh, that's the best way to go about it. Yeah, it's free. It comes out every week. Tanya, do you have any more questions? Because we're about to wrap this up. Okay, I would like to know, what about indie books? Oh, no, that, that shouldn't have been a question. Yeah, it should have been. <laughs> yes, it should. <laughs> you know that your audience has a lot of indie authors and they're oh, going to yeah. know, is, it, is it an option to have an indie book pub, or, you know, critiqued by someone like Ron Charles? Uh, this year it was. Uh, I got into a, not an argument, but like a, a serious, sincere discussion with uh, an editor at PW who covers the indie market. And we were t I was talking about the problems with that and he was sort of countering me and bringing me up to speed on the maturity of that market. And he was having a contest to find out the best indie published novel of the year. And so I foolishly said, well, whatever you pick is the best indie novel of the year, I will review it. And so I did. And it was as good as the majority of books I reviewed during the year. I mean, in in terms of production and uh, plot and character and style, it, I, there was no way for me to tell that it wasn't published by one of the big five. It was, it was a perfectly good, readable, easy to recommend novel. Okay, uh, so with that, I'm gonna say to my audience, see, you can keep <laughs> hope alive, like he said, keep hope alive. You the problem is selection though. I mean, if we're already getting 150 books a day and we estimate that if we opened up to indie authors, we would get another two to 300 a day. It's just not possible. We have no way of we have no way of sifting through that and picking out books that are worth reviewing. We don't have a staff to read all the books and then pick you know ones we want to review. And 
Also a problem is traffic. People tend not to read book reviews of authors they haven't heard of, which makes reviewing de even debuts from the big five really hard. Uh, if you get off further off into the weeds, the traffic just falls off a cliff, I'm sorry to say. Wow, see, so we have hope and yet we have reality. So. <laughs> hey, <laughs> both of those. That's what you need, hope and reality. Yeah, you do, so you can like play in your dreams somewhere in the middle. Well, you know oh. the challenge you're up against. I'm going with the dream that I have. Just, you know, all of you indie people out there, just think of the dream that I had. Read it and then the write, then, then take the sections and then be like, this is what I should put in my next book. <laughs> there you go. Hope and reality. There you go. Anyway, so we should probably wrap this up before I go more into the uh, indie world. Well, right. So, so we're gonna where can on. we find out the newsletter again that comes out every week? Every Friday, every Friday morning, you can find that uh, subscription to the uh, link to that in any review that I have on the Washington Post. And, uh, and where do we find your reviews for the Washington Post? I know it sounds like a trivial question. Not at all. Uh, Google Ron Charles Washington Post and one recent one will pop up. Fabulous. And you all can right. see my silly videos at uh, totallyhipvideobookreview.com. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> Tanya, where can people find out more about you? I'm on social media at Ms. Tanya Todd, and my website is www.mstanyatodd.com. That's Thank like one of so my favorite parts I of my know. show, right? It's one of my favorite parts when she said that, Ms. Tanya Todd. I think of you every time I do a show now, even if it's not with you guys, I think of, I think of Jade. <laughs> and like how big my smile gets when you say it. Your yes, absolutely. Okay, so I guess I'll wrap Jade, us up. Would you wrap us up. You can find out everything your ladies are doing on www.andwethought.com. While you're there, go and like check out the homepage because we have some stuff. Well, Nona, I tell you now, don't you do it. But anyway, no interruption. No interruption. Thank you. You can check out everything that your lady's doing there. And then you can see the podcast that we have. And we've come out with a lot of them because you gave creatives seven months in their home. So um, they're going to create, right? So that's what we did. And the Ladies Tale podcast is especially interesting because Winona gets her script read by professional actors. Okay, so are you happy I said it? But Thank more, you. But more importantly than all of that, y'all, please go to the Ladies tab. Go down to the middle and see the charities that we proudly support. Keep in mind that this is October, so it's Domestic Violence Month, and you might want to look at Powerful Beginners. They're doing really great things for survivors of domestic violence, and they're looking for some very interesting things um, that people can donate their time to. And yes, we know it's 2020, so as the old saying say, money is funny. So you don't always have to donate money. You can donate your time, as I mentioned before, or you can just add them on social media or send them a wonderful note saying thank you so much for doing this wonderful work in the world because I know that we all need encouragement. And I'm a narcissist and I still need encouragement. She doesn't so need I know they do. She doesn't need encouragement. I need encouragement, maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> I'll leave you with this. <laughs> Just remember, wisdom is all around you if you're open to finding it and accepting it. So peace and love, you guys, from Will Nona and Jade. Oh, yeah, thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.